Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. Today I got to talk with Libby Hot of Hot Horse Shows, who operate out of Maffet Lake Equestrian Center in Cumming, Iowa. Libby talks about Maffet Lake's history and evolution into Iowa's premier hunter, jumper, and dressage facility. Here we go with Libby. Libby, tell me about you. How did you start out with horses? Have you always been a horsey girl, or is this a later-in-life kind of thing? Nope, I grew up on this farm. Actually, was born in Des Moines. My parents bought uh, Massa Lake Farms in, I believe it was 1974, and built our barn. I was born in 75, and so I've had a pony from day one. I've always been the hunters and jumpers. Um, my mother started out riding jumpers and got into dressage, and she actually rode the entire time she was pregnant with me. That a girl? Wow. Was, I've been riding since I was in her belly. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty um, awesome. Moffat Lake is a yeah. beautiful, beautiful facility. Thank you. Yeah, we've had the front part of the farm forever. And then my uncle actually owned the land that the equestrian center sits on. And when he moved, my mother bought it from him. And we always leased it out to a farmer. And the farmer just put beans and corn and whatnot on it. When I met my husband, that's when we decided to turn the farm into the back farm into the equestrian center. Looking at it now, you would never believe that that was just farmland. It's it's mm-hmm. spectacular. That had to take a lot of planning and work. It's beautiful. And, you know, your guys' farm is beautiful, too. We accidentally, the first time we came to Moffat Lake, put that in our Google directions and we're like, oh, this looks very personal. It's a beautiful place, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. For some reason, my address, you can't GPS it, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's so bizarre because it's a big old place and it's beautiful and yeah. well known now. And so how long has it been the Equestrian Center? We started building in 2008. And- and opened the doors in 2009. What made you think, hey, let's let's do this? It was actually my mother's idea. We had gone down to Florida for the winter to show, and that's where I met Tim, my husband, and he was a horse show manager, and I was an exhibitor and a writer, and, and when we started dating, she said, you know what, if things work out with you two, I've always wanted to turn the back farm into a horse show facility, much like Brownland Farm. Brownland Farm is a horse show facility that Tim manages in Nashville. Okay. And she kind of put that little, you know, bug in our ear and the more we thought about it, you know, Iowa really needs a premier or a high quality facility where people can go show their horse and it's not a fairground, county fairgrounds or a state fairground, but it's something that's really kind of upscale. It has good footing, it has good stabling, it has good scheduling. And for, since I was a little girl, I've always gone up to Mason City to show because that was the closest place for us to go. Sure. But as the years have gone on, the state or the county has not maintained the fairgrounds as it should be. So I'm like, you know what? We really need to be like this in, in Iowa. And at the time, I believe there was only six privately owned and managed social facilities in the country. So like, okay, it's something that we need. So we just started doing the planning. We just sat down when we actually had a big piece of cardboard and we just drew out what we wanted. And we were kind of mimicking what Brownland Farms looks like in Nashville. We took their stabling, their type of stalls, their ring set up. And even though it's kind of set up a little bit differently because of our you know landscape, it was very much taken after that farm. Okay. Now, event management, that is a big deal. I don't know how you guys keep everything straight that you keep straight. And you said your husband, you know, has a history in that. Is that a part that you really enjoy too, going from an exhibitor to a manager? Do you enjoy what you're doing? I would say he does more of the management side of it. We kind of have our roles. Where he is the management at the show, he deals with the customer. 
customer, if you go to exhibitors, he manages the crew, what happens in the arenas. And I am more of the business side of it, where I do all the office side, meaning I put together the prize list. I put together the website. I do all the social media. I do all the designing of the covers of the prize list. I do the direct mailing. So I do all of that type of stuff, the business part, the office part, where he is more the hands-on, in the tractor, working the arenas, dealing with the crew, dealing with the exhibitors. And so I really do enjoy my part of the job in that I kind of get to use some of my skills from college. And at the same time, he has taught me so much about what he does. And I said, I want to learn everything from running the grill at the concession stand to dragging the arena. So if something you know, something happens and someone doesn't show up, I'm able to step in the tractor and take over. Right. So he's been really good at that. And, and I think it's really important as an exhibitor to know every single part of the job. And so next time I went to a horse show, after first having my first horse show, you look at a horse show completely different and you have so much more, I don't know for respect is the word, but just kind of understand things a little bit more on everything that it takes to put on a horse show. And uh, yeah, you kind of have just a little bit more appreciation for the people that do it. Well, for sure. And you guys run such a tight ship. You know, I was there for your regional championship the other weekend and it just is like clockwork, you know, and you guys haven't been going for very long. I'm so impressed with how efficient and all of the details that you've thought of. It really, really helps having a good crew. And I was telling our crew that I said, you know, we could have the most beautiful, most expensive, lush facility, but if you have a bad crew, you're not going to have a good horse show. And these guys, several of them that still work for us, actually help build the equestrian center. So they kind of have their eye in our place because they were there from day one, building the stalls, building the barn, doing everything, and they're still with us today. And so they have a great rapport with him, and they have a great respect for him, and they, they want us here to succeed. So they work their butts off and, you know, if they're up at 5 in the morning or they're watering the rings till 10 o'clock at night because they want to see the horse show come out well. And that helps a ton. You can tell. I mean, you really can tell it. It's just a spectacular facility. How many people are on your crew for a, a weekend show typically? It all depends on the size of the show and type of show. For example, for regionals, we had six of our own crew, meaning we had food drive drivers, water truck drivers, someone in charge of the barn. I think we had, we had six of our own. And then we brought in staff from our hunter-jumper for shows, which we call in-gate people. And they are the people that sit right by the ring and get people in and out of the ring for the horse show. They kind of manage people warming up and say, okay, you're five out, you're four out, this is when you go. So we brought in three of our own people for that. We brought in announcers to announce the ring and then because it's the regionals and you have to have so many large core shows under your belt in order for the United States Dressage Federation to allow you to host such a championship, we had to bring in a management team. So Tim actually couldn't be quote unquote the manager. We had to hire a gentleman by the name of Joe Coleman and a secretary named Heather Peterson that had the experience that had done a regional before and so we had to bring them in and they brought in their own team. So they brought in their own office staff, their own awards person and so it was quite the undertaking and then on top of that we have to bring in judges and because it was the regional we had to bring in eight judges which is quite unusual for us. Usually we have three judges for a hundred jumper show. So eight judges plus two stewards. So we had quite a few people come in just for a four day horse show. Is this something you would want to do again? That was really 
really a special show. I was. You know, we were, Tim and I were both a little nervous walking into it just because, you know, if it would have been another Hunter Jumper show, we wouldn't have thought twice about it because we know exactly how they go. Mm-hmm. And we've done the weekend dressage shows, and so we know what to expect with those. But regionals is a whole other animal. And we had never been to one before, so we didn't really know what to expect. But now that we have one, you know, under our belt, we are ready to host them definitely again okay. because we know how Tim said, you know, now that I have the experience, I'll be able to manage it and I'll know what to do. And we can bring in our own crew. And that way it would be run very, very well as it went. But next time we want to bring in our own entire crew just because we're used to working with these people and when you're used to working with people everything runs so smoothly and when you're new to working with someone else sometimes there's some bumps in the road but yeah we definitely want to do it again okay so what's on the horizon for hot horse shows in um, moffett lake we are actually i got an email this morning we applied for the regional championships for children's adult hunters and for regional jumpers so we're trying to get that on the schedule for 2018 i believe that it's for zone five and six, which is our zone, and then the zone next to us. And uh, that would be great for us. It's been a, it's been a kind of a difficult year in the hunter-jumper world in the fact that so many more horse shows have popped up since we first opened our doors. And Tim did a little research. He went back and found one week of our horse shows, so like our horse show in May. When we first had that show in 2009, there were only six horse shows from the Midwest all the way to the East Coast during that week. Wow. Only six horse shows to choose from during that week. Now, 2017, there's 14. So it's more than doubled the amount of horse shows in that week. So it makes it very, very difficult for the smaller venues like us that haven't been around as much, that don't have as much. But the hunter-jumper world is completely different than dressage. Dressage does not offer prize money most of the time. And so people aren't choosing your show because of the amount of money you're giving away. They're choosing your show because they like your facility, they like the footing, they like the judges, and it's close enough for them to get to. For the hunter-jumper people, they choose your shows because of that, but they also look at how much prize money you're giving away. And some of these larger horse shows and management companies that have the connections to different sponsorships are able to offer offer so much more money than we are and so it's very difficult so people may love our horse shows and love our facility but five hours down the road in chicago they'll have a hundred thousand dollar grand prix and we'll only have a thirty thousand dollar grand prix because of our sponsorship situation they're going to pick the hundred thousand dollars Sure. So it's, it's been difficult. They just built another facility in Chicago on the south side um, called Balmaro, and we've lost some customers to that. They built another facility in Santa Fe since we started, and we were, we're getting a bunch of Texas people. Some of them are, we've lost to the Santa Fe shows because it's closer for them. So every year it's been kind of new things pop up, and we kind of have to think of new things to draw people to our shows. Sure. And yeah, that's a good thing for the horse world probably, but yeah, that's rough for the smaller venues. How do you entice people? With our dressage shows, our main goal is quality. Mm-hmm. We wanted high quality show because we knew that prize money wasn't an issue. So going into this year, we said we want to put on the best shows possible. We want a great schedule. We want great footing. We want them to feel welcome. We want the place to look beautiful. My mom was gracious enough to open up her home for our June dressage show and had every exhibitor was invited to her home for dinner. For regionals, we did a, a welcome reception. We did a dinner on Saturday night. We kind of wanted to go above and beyond, even if it cost us a little bit more money. We wanted them to feel like this was a big deal. 
to have them at our place. And we were, in a sense, wanting and dining them. We wanted them to, okay, you got to the championship. We want it to be top of the line. But I think it felt like that too, though, Libby. And I wasn't a part of the whole weekend. I was just there on the Saturday. But it felt like you did have things to try to make it a community, which I thought was just wonderful. How good. You're with these people probably following the show circuit anyway. Um, And then, yeah, you get to enjoy them in a social aspect as well. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And it was nice that the one, I would say, the most difficult part of dressage shows, and especially regional, is the amount of volunteers that it needs to take to put on a dressage show. You require so many people. And we had over 60 people volunteer wow. to help with the show. It's unbelievable. And most of them, I would say half of them were non-dressage people. So I had probably 10 of my mother's high school friends <laughs> and who had never, you know, haven't been around horses in years. And they were so excited to be a part of it. And, you know, Big Tech is not the most glamorous position, but they put on the rubber gloves and they do the whole thing and they absolutely loved it. And then um, our barn, it's all hunter jumper people. And they came over and they volunteered and they loved sitting and watching all the high level dressage classes. They said we learned so much and so it was a really, really cool thing. I think that's just great. And it's fun to volunteer. You get to, like you said, you kind of see the back office kind of things, you know, when you're not an exhibitor. You see what it Mm -hmm. takes to keep it all running and stuff. And it's a lot. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, wintertime, you probably slow down a little bit, but you probably don't. You're trying to get next year all sorted out and stuff. Is that accurate? Yeah. Like this time of year, I'm usually wrapping up all my accounting stuff on QuickBooks and I'm getting judges booked for 2018. And we have to send out for Hunter Jumper shows. I have to send out 1099s for everyone that has won prize money. So I have to get those out the door. And then it kind of slows down for a month. And then my husband goes to Florida for the winter. He manages the horse shows in Ocala, Florida from January till the end of March. And my mother actually just purchased a farm in Ocala last July. And so our horses will go down right after Christmas and we'll show down there over the winter. And when I'm down there, I'll be working on the prize list for next year and figuring out the different events that we want to have. And always at our August horse show, we always do a family fun night. So I always have to book all the kitty stuff for that. And <laughs> I'm able to ride again and take a deep breath and figure out, okay, this this is what happened this year. What can we change? What can we improve on? What can we make better? What's out of our hands? What can't we control? Bottom line is we just want to put on the best product possible and the best horse show we can. And one thing that's always hard is you can't control the weather. And that was the one regionals that helped us is that we had picture perfect weather. And it's hard to have a bad horse show when your weather is like that, when it's so perfect. Because people walk away, you know, in good moods and happy. And when it's cold and rainy and nasty in Iowa, as it can be, people kind of walk away you're like, oh, that wasn't fun. You kind of just have to, you know, say, you know what? That's out of our control. We have to deal with what we can and kind of go from there. Sure. So you guys do hunter jumpers and dressage. Do you ever think about getting into Western sports or breed shows or anything like that? We have tried to get into Western. The problem with that is they only, which is actually a good thing, only allow so many horse shows to be recognized in your area a year. And once people get a date for a horse show, they usually don't give it up. At the time we were looking into it, there were no dates available for any shows. Secondly, with Western, most of them require an indoor arena or a covered arena. And and they won't show in the rain. I guess their tack is too expensive or something, which is just kind of boggles my mind that cowboys won't ride outside in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ladies will. It's just a weird thing, and we've tried to. We're like, God, this would be great you know, to have a rainer show or this and that, and they just say they won't do it. 
Huh. Same with their radiance, too. Oh, that's interesting. That surprises me, too. I didn't know that. Okay. So as much as we I mean, because we're like, okay, we have a short window where we can use this facility. It's basically the beginning of May to the beginning of October because of Iowa weather. And we want to use it as much as we can in that time period. And so we sold it up with the star shows, the hunter jumper shows, our local shows. And one thing that we're kind of running into is that when Tim, my husband's not here, he's in Nashville working. So we've pretty much filled up every week that we can. One thing that we have or I have looked into is renting the facility for events and for weddings. And that's something that prior to opening the facility is that I was an event planner. I was a meeting planner first for a company in Denver where I planned meetings for pharmaceutical companies. And then when I moved home, I was an event planner for Wakanda Club, um, which is a country club in Des Moines. And I also had started my own business where I was doing event planning for weddings and parties and this and that. So I've always loved that aspect of my job is the flowers, the linens, the entertainment, that kind of stuff. And I just kind of combined it with my horses, which is kind of worked out for the best. Yeah. Well, I think that's it's perfect. That's kind of a match made in heaven there. <laughs> <laughs> so now when you guys go down to Florida, it sounds like you get to show some more. Do you do hunter jumpers? Do you do dressage? I don't do dressage. I do hunters. I did jumpers until 2003. I was doing junior amateur hunter jumpers and I was in a bad motorcycle accident. And so I quit with the jumpers. My mom sold the horse and I didn't ride for a while. And then I started riding again. I got a hunter, sold in Florida in the wintertime. And then as soon as we built this place, got so busy that I just didn't have time to ride. I had a couple horses over at my mom's and I just, between the horse shows and then getting pregnant and having a child, I didn't have time to show or to ride. And just recently, Jess purchased a new horse from Germany. He arrived in July, actually August. I went and picked him up. He flew in and he just turned four and he is amazing. My child's now in first grade. He's at school all day long and now that the show season's kind of winded down, I'm able to ride. So I've been riding every day. He is going to go to actually going to a horse show on Sunday. He's going to Nashville for two weeks. Not to show, but to learn how to be a show horse because he's so young. And then he'll go to Florida this winter and the professional that works out of our barn, his name is Kyle, he will show my horse this winter in Florida and I'll go down and ride, but I won't show. And my son is doing the little stuff, so his pony's going to go and he's going to show. Since we built the new barn, a lot of people that used to ride are riding again, like my sister who grew up riding and she's riding again and she's showing again. So it's been kind of a a fun thing like I don't know if we touched on this but we lost our boarding facility to a fire December 2nd of 2016. We rebuilt and moved back into the new facility on Memorial Day and it was a huge loss for everybody including our family but this new facility is so wonderful and so bright and so cheery and the horses are happy, the clients are happy, people that used to ride or they didn't ride anymore are riding again and it's just kind of like a new beginning. It's a lot of fun. That is really great and it's it's probably a neat experience to be able to share that with your little guy, too. You said he's in first grade. Is that right? Yeah. And he was here the night of the fire and he saw it and it was very upsetting for him for a long time. And he said, I still miss the old bar. And I said, so does mom. You know, we have a lot of great memories. That's the barn that mommy grew up in that I used to play in the hayloft. But we're going to start brand new memories in this barn. And someday, you know, maybe when you have children, they're going to learn to ride in this barn. That is really exciting. It's so cool that you've got your whole family there, you know, to be a part of all of this. I just love it. Yeah. We're lucky in that we all get along really well. <laughs> my sister and her family live on the north side of the property. My mom and the boarding facility are in the middle. And then my husband, 
and I in the Corso facility are on the south side of the property. So it, we call it the little compound, and <laughs> we're very lucky with each other. <laughs> that is really great. I love it. When we were little, we were like, ah, oh, I hate living on a farm. I just want to live in the city, and we couldn't wait to get off this farm. And she said, then you guys all came back. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what we had. We love it here. For sure. So now how is that going in the Midwest? Has the Midwest been really supportive of these kinds of shows? I'm very new to Hunter Drumper and Dressage and all of that. So is it growing in the Midwest as well? Like you said, Chicago's a big pull and the East Coast is pretty big. How are things going in the Midwest? It's getting better. When we built the facility, it was kind of a catch-22. It was a great time for us to build because the economy was so bad at the time. We were able to get a lot of things done cheaper than we would have had the economy been great. But also at the time when the economy is bad, the first thing to go is your hobbies. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were selling their horses and if they kept them, they weren't showing as much because showing is expensive. So it was a struggle at first, but now I think the economy is picking up a little bit and people are buying horses again and showing more. And so it's picking up. And another thing is that when people show, they usually have their normal show schedule. They go to the same horse shows every year. And so it's kind of hard to get in there and get new people to come try your place if they're used to going somewhere else. And I think that's one thing with the regionals that really helped us that a lot of people had to come here because this is where the regionals were and they had never been to our place before. And so it was great for us because it was their first time here and we're hoping that they come back. And so that our shows throughout the year, June, July and September, our numbers will increase because of that. What was your reach for regionals as far as like states? Where were people coming from? Minnesota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois. We had a farm from Indiana. We had some people come from North Dakota. So they were coming from everywhere. I mean, in, in this area. Yeah, that's quite and a lot. Yeah, I mean, people from North Dakota, I think they was like 13 hours, which is common for 100 number people, but it's not very common for dressage people to drive that far. So it's good. good. It was a good trip. Yeah. A lot of people said this weekend. Some people from Wisconsin came and they said, yeah, we have four shows that, you know, are closer to us than yours, but we like your facility so much that we'll be coming back to yours. That's wonderful. Exactly what you want when a person leaves is that, yeah, you're, you know, it takes a little bit to get to your place, but the product looks so good, we'll be back. Right. And that's what we want to hear. And one thing that my husband said, he said, I've never heard or had so many people come up to me at a horse show and thank me for putting on a show and tell me how much they loved our place than these massage people. He said, I've never, ever had that before in the 30 years he's been doing this. Wow. And for him that worked so hard to make everything wonderful, to have that many people come up and thank him, it really, really meant the world to him. And so he's, he's never been a big dressage person, but he's like, you know what? I love dressage. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I mean, it was run so beautifully. I was with a judge that was from uh, New Jersey and, and she couldn't believe how efficiently things were done. You know, it, we stopped showing and then immediately the guys were in there. She's like, this is a well-oiled machine, you know, and it really was. It just was. Yeah, we were lucky there's a gentleman on a crew named Kevin Booth and he's been doing dressage shows for years and he does the shows in Wellington, Florida and he has done the regional several times so it was such a benefit having him there because he knows how it goes and he's like all right and he was in charge of the crew he said all right we have seven minutes in this ring and he called the tractor guy and they would have seven minutes to get in and out and having him there was the best because he knew exactly what to expect and what to do. What a good experience for your like you said your whole crew you guys have been through this you got through it just fine and now boy, everything else is going to seem like cake, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Libby, do you have any fun stories or anything to share um, about, you know, show managing or, or riding or just horse life in general? I like to hear people's stories because, you know, we as horse people all have them. Yeah. You know, I was trying to think of that when I was looking through the, through the questions and there's so many and I don't... <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, from growing up on this farm, there's just so many things that have happened here and that I've, I've experienced. And I've just been so lucky to have experienced the stuff that I have from, you know, I did Pony Club as a kid and going to the No Downs and we had a rally at our barn to, you know, my dad played polo and my sister and I were his polo grooms. And first he didn't have the money to go out and buy a polo pony. So he was playing polo on my sister's large pony. His not horse was a paint. All these random horses. And we were just so excited that he was playing and so we were grooming for him and then fox hunting in the winter time where it was so cold that it was my dad and me and one other person and that was the entire fox hunt in the house. <laughs> and so just different things and my mom always warned me she's like don't follow, follow your father in the fox hunt because he'll get you in trouble and I followed my dad and I horse broke through ice on a creek and oh it's like but it's always it's always been around the horses and involved the horses and just remember every weekend being on a fox hunt or being at a hunt brunch and being with other horse families and even though our families may be different in so many ways, horses are what connected us and the love for them. And I think both of my parents kind of instilled the love for animals and kind of went off and I did my own thing. I did a corporate job for a while. I lived in the city for a while. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be in pantyhose and high heels sitting behind a cubicle my entire life. I want to be in shoes and boots and I want to be on the farm driving a tractor because that's what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about like funny or just different stories, it all comes back to this farm and this farm making me happy and and uh when we lost when we lost the barn to the fire i was so upset for a long time and then one day i just realized that it wasn't just the barn it, it's the land around it and still when you walk out of the new barn you still see the same views as you saw before and it's still such a special place for so many people not even just my family but the people that have been a part of Mass Lake farms for years they feel that when they come out here and so that that's a special feeling that that your farm has so many wonderful memories for so many different people. And I don't know. I'm very, very lucky to have the life that I have. I think that's just beautiful. I really do. Well, Libby, thank you for sharing. I really do appreciate it. Um, I love being the little bit of part of Moffat Lake that I can be. And, you know, I know that the other volunteers do too. And because you guys just run such a beautiful ship there. And I loved hearing, you know, the background for how it became and, and what you guys have planned for the future too. So Libby, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Emma. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll talk to you again soon and I'm sure I'll see you at a show. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Libby. A big thank you to Libby Hot for spending some time with me today to share her story and the story of Maffet Lake. If you'd like to learn more about Maffet Lake and Hot Horse Shows, you can follow them on Facebook at Maffet Lake Equestrian Center or check out their website at MaffetLakeEquestrianCenter.com. There are always opportunities to volunteer at shows in all kinds of capacities, so sign up or find a show that fits your needs and bring your horse. Thanks, Libby. Thank you for listening to the Horse Cure Podcast, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. You can find more information at thehorsecure.com and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.